Hey race fans, welcome to Talking Stock. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number three of Talking Stock. I'm here with my co-host Trey. How you doing, Trey? Doing great today after this past weekend. Very excited. Yeah, yeah, I am as well. Pretty good week. Pretty good week for the podcast. As you know me, I'm Kyle, a Denny Hamlin fan. Unfortunately, second place to our dear friends over at the eight group with RCR. And very unfortunately... My co-host here is a fan of the eight. So, Trey, how are we feeling? A dominant, dominant win from the eight of Kyle Busch. Yes, third win of the year for RCR, matching our win total from the previous two years. Awesome, awesome feeling. Dominating fashion, stage points, stage win. First one for us in the eight this year with RCR. Couldn't be more excited to get 59 of us of 60 possible points. That was huge. It brought us up to seventh in the in the standings. Now we're up to 16 playoff points. Yeah. Going to be happier from start to finish. Started on the pole, ended in first. So very excited. Absolutely no doubt about that. Kyle Bush was an absolute rock star on Sunday. They did a fantastic job. Really rocked it out, just like our friends over at Novus. If you heard that song on the intro. They're the guys behind it. They do a good job. They've got some shows coming up, some shirts in the link. I do encourage you to go check them out. But to get back to me, unfortunately, like I said, second place. First loser. First loser is no doubt about it. I wasn't happy about it from my perspective. I was happy for Trey because of the content that he was going to be able to enjoy this week on the podcast. But um, I thought I thought that they had a shot at it. The, the money stop, as they call it. Great stuff from the 11 crew, which is typically not the case. Um, but just a pro move by Kyle Busch. Um, for those that can picture the race, I'm probably going to struggle to describe it exactly right. But if you can imagine Danny Hamlin on the inside lane, Kyle Larson up top in the outside lane, and then behind him, the eight of Kyle Busch get on the restart. Larson was hanging tough on two tires, and then just a brilliant move, veteran move from the two-time cup champion of Kyle Busch shoves Larson in front of Denny, slows him up, kills all his momentum, and next thing you know, was it a 3 chi car this week? Was it the it was the 3 chi car. The 3 chi car blows by, makes Denny Hamill look like he's stoned, just sitting there lethargic, and he just never got that position back. That 3 chi was really something. They really just flew all week on, starting starting from, from qualifying. I mean, it was clear that they had a great car. Um, other cars, you know, they looked okay, but nothing was quite like the eighth this week. Unfortunately, I'm not sure that going forward, people are going to really have too much of an argument to say that Kyle Busch is not one of the greatest NASCAR drivers of all time. Done with two teams now. I know it, with two teams, it's just three friggin' wins on this year already. The last couple, it really makes me question what was going on with Gibbs last year in that 18 group, uh, really the last two years, because they just didn't have great speed. I don't know if it was crew chief issues. I, I really don't think it was anything with the coach or the teammates. Everybody seems to speak really highly of, of Kyle in departure. 
But man, you know, there's still some really good stuff in the tank there. Obviously, I believe he's only 36. Yep. He could realistically race for seven more years plus to be even just a little bit generous. I mean, I mean, he could Harvick's what 46? And so that's 10 years from now. 10 years from now. I mean, Kyle, he's just the greatest, uh, really of the last 10 years for sure. And I think he's gonna be a threat all year long. Other than that, though, a pretty average race. I mean, Kyle, like we said, did dominate it. Uh, Every once in a while, you're going to get that. We hinted at it last week during the podcast. This is going to be a quote filler race. Anybody that's a Gateway fan, I hope that you forgive us. But I think the race kind of backed us up. It was very hard to pass. It was two by two by two by two by two the whole time for the most part. Yep. And uh, it was just an average, average race. I think we saw some some interesting strategies throughout different cars taking two tires as opposed to four to try and make up that uh, track position. But it didn't necessarily work out except for a couple guys throughout throughout the day. Um, but that's just a product of not being able to pass on this track. It We saw cars with speed, but you couldn't move through the pack very much. So exactly as we predicted last week, uh, a very mediocre race to put it to put it nicely. Yeah, an odd track overall, um, but I liked it. I mean, I, there's been worse races for sure. I mean, what I didn't like was the time, honestly. If, if the time didn't drag on, I don't think people would have as negative an opinion of the race as they do. But it really wasn't fantastic racing. But up in the front, it was pretty good. You know, there was some some challenging passes. It was hard to get clear. But as far as the passing, it wasn't really there towards the back of the pack. But as far as it getting kind of exciting in the middle of the pack, it definitely did with Austin Cindric and Austin Dillon and Austin on Island, Austin violence. Dillon getting out of the car and claiming it was exactly like what happened to Denny and exactly what happened to Kyle Larson over the obviously last or last couple of weeks with Chase and Denny and last year with Kyle and Bob Wallace. I do not see it that way. Chase. I'm sorry, Trey, Trey what do you think? I don't see it that way at all. I don't know how what Austin was thinking. I understand he's frustrated. You know, you wreck out of the race, had an okay car throughout the day. Um, but Austin Sindrick just followed his line. There might have been some aggressiveness from Sindrick there, uh, but I, I saw it as Austin Dillon coming up into him. Um, unfortunate for that three team, but nothing, nothing like what we saw with uh, Kyle and Bubba last year and Chase and Denny a few weeks ago. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. For me, the biggest thing, and I think to this point, we're recording this in the evening on on Wednesday. Pod will release on Thursday as usual. There hasn't been any penalty to Austin Cedric to this point, and I think that will back up what I'm saying. I'm under the impression from some of the media personalities that have commented on it um, that there is some SMT data that is like, oh, maybe. But to me, it's all about the eye test in that regard. You clearly saw Bubba Wallace wreck Kyle Larson. And to me, there will be Chase Elliott fans that disagree, but you guys are sometimes in, in Looney Town. Um, he, I mean, it, it, like you can visually see it. And I think that's the difference in this case. I don't expect anything to come of it. I don't really think it's all that similar, other than the fact that if there wasn't cars there, Austin Dillon probably would have found his way up into the fence. Um, I don't find it that similar. Um, certainly some fireworks between the two that makes for good talking points, but nothing quite like the explosions happening with our rotors. What do you think about that, Trey? I think that's a product of long straightaways, tight, tight turns, and then some red flags throughout the day. We had 
the lightning delay early, a uh, couple crashes late with, uh, I believe it was Noah Gregson that brought out one of the red flags. So those brakes cooling down a little bit there. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the drivers hinted at being a little nervous that they might be next. Um, but yeah, that was pretty crazy to see parts and pieces flying. I think one even hit a fan um, that from Noah Gregson's car um, saw some interactions there on Twitter. Thought that, that was kind of funny to see and took it in good spirit. Yeah, definitely. Um, Noah's a, a good dude uh, making, making good on it. I think he offered to DM, uh, DM him, you know, compensate him a little bit for it. I think in a, in a non so serious manner, but good to see everybody was okay with that. But yeah, I mean, that was just, like I, like you said, it was a product of the track, product of the racing, product of the brakes. And I don't know the official count, but in my head at watching at the time, it did seem that everybody that was wrecking was on a two-tire strategy. Yep. And there was plenty of cars throughout the field to maybe refute that point. But to me, it felt like they were using the brakes up more than they typically would. But the strategy was worth it because it was showed by guys like Kyle Larson. If you can just make it stick for a little bit, you can really hang up there once everybody equalizes out. So um, definitely interesting. Um, unfortunately though, a great run was ended by the exploding brake rotors. And that was of Car- Carson host of Arnett seven car tray. Yeah, that was pretty incredible. I think he was up to 16th, uh, before that brake rotor went out. Um, pretty impressive debut for the kid. I think he's only 20 years old. Uh, so he's definitely ha- has a bright future ahead. Um, but definitely I think opened some eyes. I think we saw the guy he was replacing, um maybe not do his future any good there with Corey LaJoy in the nine. Uh Josefar outran him uh before he before he wrecked out there. Yeah. Um a very tough week for Corey LaJoy. Uh an awesome opportunity comes his way. And I don't think this one race makes his career and what his career could be, but certainly to the eye. I mentioned the eye test before. This definitely hurts Corey LaJoy in my opinion, to the fan. I don't think it does the people that are making big decisions, but I think people, and this is a shame because I think Corey is really a good racer. Um, we did run a poll a couple days ago after the race, um, not a huge sample size, but most people at 57% of those who voted said that he did not help his cup career. 29 said yes, 14 said neither. Pretty split, obviously no, he didn't help it receiving the most votes. You know, he certainly did not help it. Um, but I don't think that it will necessarily prohibit him from moving forward. I think it really just shows how far this Spire car has come. This is a car that's racing on the edge of the playoffs right now that you would just completely in the past write off as someone that's going to be in the back and not run for anything. And I would certainly not rule out a Corey LaJoy, a little bit of vengeance when we get on a super speedway. I expect him to be extremely motivated as he always is. But this time with really something to prove, I think people are going to count him out a little bit more. But Corey's a good driver, I think, that really is going to get a bad rap for that race. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports did not bring their A game. Kyle stuck because of tire strategy. The 24, they fluctuate to the top because of pit strategy and pit time. But realistically, they seem to have back of the top 10 speed at best for most of the cars. And then once you're in the back, you can't pass. So I'm not going to put too much stock in that for Corey LaJoy. Um but, uh, you know, going forward, I would like to see Corey in another ride like that. It would certainly be an opportunity for him to prove himself uh, on a bigger stage for sure. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I think that 
Corey uh, has a lot of skill. We've seen it in the seven. Um, one bad week, even though it's in better equipment, one bad week I don't think should define a career. So it's hopeful to see maybe him get a, a little bit better opportunity moving forward. Yeah, definitely. I, like I mentioned several times, um, Corey LaJoy is an underrated driver, and uh, I think he could show that over time because NASCAR is always you know an overtime sport um, where you see guys really develop and flourish. Um, that being said, another underrated driver, I think, is the 43 of Eric Jones. Unfortunately for him, he's going to get some bad news. Um, some penalties coming his way. They obviously don't have any playoff points, but even when they get them, they're not going to have them for very long. They're already gone. Um, tough penalty coming from Eric Jones, a team that doesn't have too much to lose. Legacy hasn't really brought a ton to the table, so I understand the risk. Um, but it's a shame for the 43 group, Trey. Yeah, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Um, I think that every team, um, every car, they're pushing it to the limits. I'm not going to say that every team is going over the limits um, like the 43 team did this week. Um, but they're gonna. Every team's gonna find every advantage that they can to to try and get a win. Try and try and make up some speed. Um, as you hinted at the forty three, the forty two, that that whole like legacy motor club team hasn't had uh, great success this year. So maybe trying something out and maybe sneak one by uh, the inspectors and maybe pull one out and really propel that club forward. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and, and you know. With their lack of on-track performance, and again, that's a team that won last year uh, at Darlington. I understand completely why they're going to Toyota. It's just they don't have that zip of Chevy that we see with these other large teams. And obviously, Toyota has a vested interest in bringing anyone on board because when we play the manufacturer game on the super speedways, they're always the odd man out. And because one of the teams that is really the second best and really the only other team is, uh you know, 2311's new. They always seem, as a fan of Hamlin, that's rooting for him on those racetracks. They always seem to goof it, you know, on the pit stops. Next thing you know, they're a lap down. So they need numbers. But I think that I think that Legacy Motor Club isn't just going to be an afterthought for Toyota like they are for Chevy. I think that going forward, they're really going to be really going to be pretty tough because if there's a guy that knows how to win, I really do believe it's Jimmy Johnson. Not that that should be a bold take. But, you know, with him behind the behind the uh behind the scenes, I think working with Toyota, I think they could really be successful. Yeah, I definitely think at Toyota, there'll they'll be more of a focus um, instead of being fourth or fifth team uh, for Chevy there. Uh, maybe a penalty like this doesn't happen because you're not trying to make up as much speed. Um, you push it to the limits without going over uh, when, when the manufacturer maybe focuses a little bit more on you. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely the case. Um, but going into this week, I wouldn't have really factored in Eric Jones too much. Not a team that's going to bring a ton to the track. But here we are going to wine country, going back, probably my favorite road course at Sonoma. I think it'll be a good race. I like it because it's not. I've described it before. I've heard it described as, you know, the Frankenstein road courses you see at Indy or the Roval that are just slapped together go-kart tracks. You know, this is this is a staple of NASCAR. We've been going, NASCAR's been going there for a long time. And I think they put on a good show. I think it's going to be an entertaining one on Sunday as we go into the the bye. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting race track. What about you? Yeah, I think that this this racetrack brings a lot. It's technical. We're not we're not going to see as many people as you see at some of the other uh, road courses just dive bombing the corners, trying to make up position. 
Um, and then Kyle, I think you and I had talked about this, the, the new theory or the new role uh, with no caution for the stage breaks. I think that's going to come into play this weekend. I think last year we saw Joey Logano win stage two solely because the guys, the top guys uh, had pitted at the end of stage one. Joey had pitted before the end of stage one. They weren't able to catch him at that, at that point. So I think it should be interesting. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, like you mentioned, the no dive bombing. What I like about Sonoma, as opposed to even road courses that are not of the Frankenstein variety that NASCAR has been trying out, is some of them just don't fit four stock cars on them in a row. You know, you got ridiculous corners. There's always a bunch of cautions. I'm sure some people will enjoy that. You know, I don't mind it towards the end, but, you know, if it's every restart, Every restart, we're, we're we're just backing them up. It just doesn't it doesn't seem like good racing to me. I'm already not a huge fan of the road courses. I'd love to see more short tracks as opposed to more road courses. You know, I, I mean, this it's an oval sport, but I appreciate the diversity that NASCAR puts on with with the, the variety of tracks. No other series does that. It's a selling point for sure. Um, but all that said, Wine Country always puts on a good race. I think it's going to be exciting. I'm not sure you'll see a surprise winner. I think the cream will rise to the top this Sunday. Um, what about you, Trey? I agree with that. Um, I think we'll get into our predictions a little bit later. Um, but with this Sunday brings us the finale for Fox covering the races this year. Um, curious to hear your thoughts. I think that this is an exciting time to move into NBC for some. Absolutely. I mean, I know I'm certainly in the camp of Team NBC. Um, they just, to me, put on a more technically enjoyable show. Um, I feel like they they really make it sound and, and articulate as opposed to, I think that Fox focuses a little bit too much on, you know, being a bunch of yokels that are driving around at 180 miles an hour, which sometimes it's it's fun to be the party crashers. And it's, you know, we'll fight, you know, I mean, I, I like that. But I think sometimes... Fox isn't as serious as they need to be um, because it, like, if you listen to the F1, how exciting, like they make even qualifying sound. But I mean, if you actually watched F1, instead of just being someone that got on board because of a Netflix show, you'd be like, this racing stinks, but they sell it really well. I don't think that NASCAR needs to be sold, you know, at a, at a rate that outmerits the product. But I just think with Rick Allen, there's really a lot of gravitas with him. Not that there's any, Problem with Mike Joy, I think Mike Joy is great, but the problem is every time Mike Joy seems to be building towards something, you get Cousin Clint, who I like, but there's just no flow in that booth. You get him cutting Mike off, and they're, they're always flashing the weird camera angles. You're They're talking about it being three wide in the back, and you're watching Todd Gilliland pit for some reason. I just, I can't, I can't figure it out with the Fox coverage. It just is so spotty. Um, I don't know. I, I'm definitely team NBC. Where are you at on that, Trey? I'm in the same boat. I think Fox has gotten better as the year has gone on. I think that early on, there was a lot of times where you would see that, like talking about something and showing something completely different, um, or starting to talk about something. The most exciting thing we've seen all day, you know, three or four wide heading in, into the turn and we're going to commercial. We'll see you back here in five minutes. And when you get back, it's under yellow because that four wide turned into, yeah, you can't really go four wide here. Um, 
Whereas I, I feel like when I watch NBC, you don't have as much as that. They're able to time those commercial breaks that you have to take, um, but they're able to time those a lot better and put on a better product for us fans. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. And, and I think a major problem that Fox has that really isn't of their own, you know, it's not their fault. Um, you know, after after DW, they had to figure it out, end up getting Gordon, which was he was very good in the booth. Um, and I like them having the more character side of Clint. A lot of people write off Clint as just being, you know, the funny guy. But if you listen to Clint, he really does a good job explaining something like a restart. He, he really relates it well. But like I said, they always like someone's cutting each other off because there's a guy that's in the booth on a rotator every week. I think that once they get some continuity and it's Boyer and Harvick and Mike Joy, next year will be better. Um, but this hodgepodge uh, this year that they've been putting together and really the last two years, you know, some guys are good. Like Tony's been good. I didn't think Michael was bad uh, this last weekend. But, you know, like there's just no flow. That's where the NBC team has them. Junior and Burton. Rick Allen, Latart, they all seem to really blend together. They have like the perfect amount of differing perspectives and opinions that they express things and give a complete angle on something. It's not just, oh, I think this is the right strategy. You know what? I think it's a good idea. You know, and, and it, they really, they'll debate. I mean, I, I feel like sometimes you're like listening to, to Burton and Junior and it's like, they're really kind of getting into it here. No one's paying attention, but they're really kind of arguing. Um, so I'm excited for it to go to NBC. Um, it's going to be a good time. Once they get to that point uh, in the second half of the season, but I think it's the perfect time to kind of pause, set ourselves some goals for how the rest of the season is going to go. It's really been a fast 15 weeks. So I think what we'll do right now is kind of put pen to paper, see where we stack up at the end of the year and say, Hey, this is my championship four. And then who's a surprise late run. So Trey, I'll let you go first. Your championship four, as we sit here, June the 7th. Yeah. So Obviously, I'm going to have to go with my guy, Kyle Busch, with three wins on the year. Um, I definitely see him taking RCR to that championship for, as well as Willie B. Um, definitely had a lot of speed this year, three wins, put up put up uh, good performances week after week. So he'll be there, as well as last week's winner of the Coke 600, Ryan Blaney. I think he's starting to pick up, and he's the points leader right now. So with the win... I uh, I see him making a deep run and getting himself to the championship four. And how can you forget about the five of Kyle Larson? I think he'll he's always going to be a contender. He'll be a contender until he retires. Uh, so I, I see him in the championship four. I think that's pretty good. I'm very very bullish on Kyle Busch. Um, I'm not going to put him in my championship four, and I'll tell you why. And the reason is, is they've been so feast or famine. And then a counter argument that could be certainly Kyle Larson. But I just believe a little bit more in Hendrick when it comes down to winning a must win race than I do RCR. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Larson win at a track just because they're going to give him a rocket ship, even somewhere he might not be particularly comfortable at, which isn't often with how good of a driver he is. If I, if we were doing championship five, I think I put Kyle Busch in, but I think that they're going to be do, good for a, a long run for sure. But I don't, I don't know if I'm, I think maybe next year they could realistically win because Kyle, people will oversell how old he is. He's still a young guy, and I think he will win at RCR at some point. But as for, as for my championship four, pretty similar. Um, I got two of the Hendrick boys. I've got Willie B and Kyle Larson. They've been probably the the best cars, even though Kyle's been a little inconsistent. Um, on a given week, you could just predict one of those two to win, and you have a good shot, it feels like, through this point to the season. 
I like Denny Hamlin. I think he's the best Gibbs car. He'd be third in points minus uh, that ridiculous podcast penalty they got for telling telling everybody how he wrecked Ross Chastain. Um, you know, but self-inflicted wounds. That team's still been successful. I think they're getting better on pit road, which has been their biggest problem the last couple of years. I think they win uh, another time or two before the season's up. I think they definitely make the run as far as the Toyotas are concerned. And then in his final season, forever, I will say Kevin Harvick makes the championship four. They've been pretty good. They always are running up front, even at tracks that Kevin hasn't really been that great at. Um, even there, even the road course earlier in the year, he had a pretty good run. Um, I'm not really remembering where he finished, but they were up there where it seems like the last couple of years they haven't been super competitive. But I think that's the championship four. Um, it's going to be exciting to watch it develop. I, I know there's been so much competition this year. Yeah, I think that all of those are, are good predictions, um, especially the four there of Kevin Harvick. They don't call him the closer for nothing. I think in his final season, definitely could see him making a run. So speaking of predictions, though, I think we uh, have a couple of predictions from, from last week in St. Louis. Um, if you want to run through those and where we stand on our on our point system for the year. Yeah, definitely. So as we outlined in the last show, if you haven't listened to it, certainly give it a listen. But basically, the long and short of it is if you pick the race winner, you get five points. And then you have a two more guys to finish in the top ten. I'm sorry, in the top five. So if you picked Kyle Larson last week to win, and you got then you got two more guys to finish in the top five. So you could get points for Kyle Larson winning and then a point for everyone else that finished in the top five, including your, your winner. So you could get potential of six points for the winner and then one more point for additional that you got. So both of us did not pick the winner. Uh, unfortunately, anyone I pick seems to go scorching and flaming into the wall. Kyle, I'm um, Trey, you had Kyle, um, which was, you know, probably the, the third best pick, second best pick. I picked the wrong Kyle. Wrong Kyle. Yeah. Wrong Kyle. Um, but it ends up being uh, Kyle Bush that wins the race. Um, but Trey, I will say that you have beaten me soundly through the first couple of weeks, just like Trey beat me on Sunday. Trey, you had Larson, Bush, and Logano. So you swept the top five, but unfortunately you didn't pick the right winner. So that was three points. I had Reddick, Bell, and Blaney. Blaney, man. This is twice twice the bridesmaid for me in the race, in the points. Blaney finishes sixth. Reddick went into the wall, and Bell did not have a super good day like I thought he might. So I got zero points for the second week in a row, and the season standings now read four to nothing Trey. But when I pick the race winner this week, I will be in the lead five to four. I hope. <laughs> so who do you have as your race winner this week, Kyle? Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. I think I got a good one. Certainly the odds-on favorite, Kyle Larson. I think the five-car wins this week. They've been really good on Sonoma, Kyle Larson's home track. I think that this year mirrors 2021 for them in a number of ways when they did win in wine country. So I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. Never, never can count out the five there. But I'm going to go with a, a new face to the road courses. I believe he has three wins on them in his career now, Tyler Reddick. I uh, see him taking this one home this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Definitely not a bad pick there. I was there for the Indy road course last year where Tyler won. All of a sudden, he's just a road course ace, kind of an unconventional driving style um, from Tyler Reddick. But man, he's really proven to be a serious contender at the Cup Series. And I don't think that that's a bad pick. I think that he has a really good shot at it. Also a California native, Tyler Reddick. 
And as we outlined, you get three shots at the top five. One of them is going to be Kyle Larson for me, but I'm going to go with a Hendrick sweep for my other two picks. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott and William Byron. Will he be finished 10th there or ninth last year or something like that? I think he runs well. They've been solid all year. Pitt will probably matter with the limited caution. So I think that they finish up front, but Chase Elliott, he mentioned wanting to get into a groove in his interview this week. He has certainly not been in one, but I think after coming off the suspension that I'm sure he's not happy about, I don't think that his current season has made him very happy in general. So I think he has a shot to maybe even win this thing. I think he's going to be extremely motivated behind that nine. He knows how to get it done on the road course. So I'm going to go with a Hendrick sweep for my three of five, Kyle, Chase, and Byron. Good picks there, Kyle. Uh, on top of Tyler Reddick, my top five, I think is going to consist of Daniel Suarez and AJ Allmendinger, uh, two guys that we've seen run very well at road courses. Suarez won this race last year. Um, so I'm expecting good days for both of them. Yeah. Can never really count out the dinger either on the road course. I'm I'm pretty sure I saw that Kyle and the dinger are in the Xfinity race. Kyle Larson, I mean. And I saw somebody quote that tweet and say, oh, good to see Kyle and AJ showing up to ruin another Xfinity road course race. Um, so some extra track time for them. I would expect both of them to run very well this re- weekend. Um, but other than that, I think it's going to be an exciting race weekend. Like I said, I wouldn't expect a surprise winner. I would expect it to be one of the Chevys. Honestly, um, I like Kyle Larson. As I said, I think it'll be a good weekend. It'll be a good time to go into the buy. Um, I think we got some cool stuff cooking up for you in next week's show. So please stay tuned for that. But as we go into the weekend, please enjoy Sonoma. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you follow us at Talking Stock Pod on Twitter. Check us out. Give us some ratings. Give us some feedback. Don't be afraid to use the hashtag Talking Stock when you tag us on Twitter and let us know where you're rooting from, who you're rooting for. And with that, enjoy the race weekend, guys. Thanks for tuning in.